Thank you for joining us today. This is Seth Essenson, your host of NDFB Straight Talk, and I am joined by Mr. Brian Hosick. I think I got it right, didn't I there? That's perfect. Administrative Services with North Dakota Game and Fish Department. And we are here today to discuss... Electronic posting. Electronic posting. Yeah, absolutely. Relating to a specific bill. uh, 144. 2144. He is so prepared. Thank you for joining us today, Brian. This is an issue that, just feel free to jump in here, uh, probably got pretty hot and heavy um, as a result of the Dakota Access Pipeline protests and having to do with private property and and, and trespassing as a result of with some of the, the, the right. private landowners around there. The issue kind of seemed to segue into a hunting agricultural issue over the course of a couple of sessions haven't done a lot of hunting in other states but from what i understand most of the most of the surrounding states are probably minnesota uh is it south dakota all that's considered posted as well it varies in each of the states but sure this has been this has been a long-standing issue it has so can you tell us a little bit about that can we just jump right right in brian and tell us tell us what that looked like what ultimately happened as a result of going back and forth for over the course of a couple of sessions and not being able to come to some common ground and how you guys were able to accomplish that yeah as you can imagine there's as you mentioned there's a several points of view on the issue so bringing that into the interim uh, natural resource committee um bringing some landowner representation, sports and representation. We have some legislators and kind of bringing, you know, discussing those issues, um, working some of those things out, a collaborative effort. Um, definitely, uh, you know, now looking back at it, very successful. It was a right. definitely great, great thing to kind of bring that group together, uh, pick through all the things that had come up over all the emails and conversations. And, and you hear it all. You've heard it all, uh, different, different views on that. Finding the best of the best and, and kind of putting that towards a solution. Absolutely. Yeah, a great opportunity and I think a great outcome with that. Absolutely. So where do we stand in this process? Um, maybe we should talk a little, a little bit about what, what the bill does uh, beyond just the, you know, right. the, the term electronic posting. But uh, maybe tell us a little bit about what that does specifically, how it's going to look right. um, for for outdoorsmen, because I think it's bigger than a hunting issue. There's there's two sides of that. There's the, the hunting on posted lands, and that's where, you know, the electronic posting concept came in. But there's also the, the the criminal trespass side of that. So uh, looking into that, the criminal trespass side, there was some language that was added to uh, introduce a fence uh, capable of withholding livestock um, as a means to to work that side of it. And then again, what the interim committee did is looked at uh, electronic posting. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is that a viable option? Um, does the technology exist? Mm-hmm. Does the data exist to pull something off like that? Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, in, in, you know, in recent times here, it did not. So that was something that, you know, we've been We've been waiting for to see if that information be available. It's coordinating efforts with local governments, with a lot of the counties, and then, you know, coming up with a solution for that. So I think what came out of that committee was, uh, yeah, there's, you know, we can certainly look at adding electronic posting as an additional option uh, with what exists currently with physical signage. So if you want to put a sign up, absolutely. absolutely. A lot of that discussion came from the cost and effort. I think it was... One of the uh, landowner reps on the committee here, he mentioned it takes him a, a horse, a UTV, and a boat to, to sign his land. So, you know, he's definitely interested in an electronic posting. Absolutely. For him, so, but yeah, I think getting the groups together, kind of, you know, working out some of the details and mm-hmm. yeah, very, very good outcome there. So, so obviously as an agricultural organization, uh, most of the members, they're avid outdoorsmen and or hunters right. or, you know, fisher, you know, fishermen or women, they see, see both sides of it, but from a more land owner perspective, how is that database going to function for them? 
Right. How, how do you see that rolling yeah, out? Yeah. So when, when we were looking at this, uh, of course, we were probably tired of hearing hearing COVID come up in conversations. But um, yeah, so <laughs> yep. we're in the midst of yeah, we're in the midst of a study, and um, of course that sets in. So we were looking at ways to kind of you know keep pace on on this on this study, and we uh, we looked at the Game of Fish Island licensing system as a platform. Uh, you know, it's a nimble platform that we were able to kind of turn that up for the study. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was something we kind of felt in, in looking back at it that just as you said, there's a lot of landowners that are hunters and anglers. And so they're already familiar with that system. Absolutely. So they can come back in and, and maybe use that as a path to explore the option to post electronically. Mm-hmm. And then the, the key part with that was, is we wanted to find, make sure that, you know, as they're coming in, that we have a real simplified approach. Um, yep. We want to get someone in and out, being able to right. you know, spend little time in this thing. And I and, uh, think we come up with a good product for that side of it. So timeline wise, uh, what are we what are we looking at? I mean, all the time and energy that you guys have. I mean, ultimately, this is just uh, right. the bill itself is a continuation of the study. Is that correct? Do I understand that correctly? Right. Or no, there is a the bill would be implemented. It would be. It would be implemented in, in uh, every county. And yes, and okay. There would be um, to join that. We would continue the study. There's another bill out there. Yep. That would continue the study. Okay. And um, so yeah, I think right now a timeline for that. Ideally, Seth, I think. Uh, something like this would be av- made available to landowners as early as the beginning of the year. Wow. You know, so they'd have time to go through wow. and post their land. Um, however, there would be a deadline on it. And there's a reason for that that came out of the interim committee. The target date was uh, mid-July. Right now, with the, you know, everything goes well here. We're kind of crunching that time down here. Mm-hmm. But we want to make, you know, adequate time available for folks to explore it. Um, yep. We'll do our best to kind of push that that deadline as far back as we can. The reasoning behind that. Is is we have print material that goes out, so we want to. If there's some lands that are post electronically, mm-hmm. we want to be able to show that to those using those maps and that information. We understand there are folks out there that don't want to use technology, so right. we can resort back to some of the other products that we have available with uh, print material. So like the plots guide is a good example of that. Um, we uh, we can put that information out there. And we feel we can get that up up in front of the hunting seasons that would start in mid August. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of that too is you know um, these laws would kick in in the beginning of August. Correct. Uh, as many other bills. For somebody that is maybe less technologically inclined, I, you know, I don't know what the what the average age of, of North Dakota agricultural landowners is. I think I'd heard at one time it was in the 60s, not internet savvy, maybe not. You know, So how, how does the, the North Dakota Game and Fish um, intend to help facilitate that process? Just like uh, a lot was, a lot mimics the current physical signage laws, mm-hmm. you know, and that's for the landowner or the authorized individual sure. to post that land. Yep. So yep. there's certainly uh, someone that can help them out to post that land electronically. Um, I, I envision that we'll have resources on there to help others. Correct. Do it, um, just like we did in the pilot study. And you right. kind of frequently ask questions. Right. Thing, but, right. Um, yeah, I think certainly that's kind of mimicking what exists today with physical signage. There's there's folks out there that can't do the physical signage and right. they get a little assistance, right? Right, right. Absolutely. So how will that verif- that verification process work um with the landowner? Will it will right. be verified through yeah, the North so, Dakota Game of Fish? Right. Or? The all these these when you come into the account, you your your account is validated. Your mm-hmm. name is validated mm-hmm. uh based off of your driver's license. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is available to North Dakota residents. Just like getting a hunting you know fishing license. Right. Just yeah. like getting a fishing license. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is validated off of that. And um, yeah, and then that's up to the, if it's a designated individual, 
Um, there's some pieces in there. Obviously, they've been they're affirming that they they've been given authorization to to post land. So that's all that information is also collected. Obviously, you don't want to limit any ac- accessibility. And as as a landowner myself, I don't want to limit any accessibility. Certainly, I want to limit my liability right. in in that sense. So I, I I do like to know who is right. you know who's on my property. Great tools for this. Yeah, there's, uh, I, absolutely. Yeah, there's uh, that's one of the things this does have to offer, and that's a communication tool set. Wow. You know, so we have that ability to know, you know, people know who's, who posts to the land, they can contact them get, and, and it's up to the, you know, up to, uh, whoever's posting to say, all right, this is, I'd like you to contact me this way or this way, or, you know, that, you know, currently by, uh, with physical signage, it's first and last name. There are options on there. If you want to send someone to an email address or you want to post a phone number, it's wow. up to you to determine how you'd like to communicate. That's incredible. Sounds like uh, sounds like you spent a, a ton of time, and I would imagine that there's multiple other state agencies as well as counties, like you said earlier, and townships that are all having to to be involved right. um, across multiple platforms. Right? Do you get any time to hunt or fish or get outside <laughs> yourself? <laughs> those I think those days are disappearing. It feels like as uh-huh. you get older, but you get to enjoy the others that kind of follow follow up on you. But watching the kids kind of step in and fill that role, but right. Yeah, still need to make time for that important stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Barring any unforeseen circumstances, this is going to be a great tool, not only for landowners. It looks like it's going to be a, a, a great tool for, for outdoorsmen um, that, that reside in North Dakota as well as outside of North Dakota. Be just an additional tool. You guys have put in a, a, a ton of work. Any, anything else you want to share with our listeners, Brian? No, I just think it's uh, exactly what you said here. We've had some really good feedback. As mentioned, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of different... Uh, points of view on the on the matter and so when you kind of it's really tough to kind of envision when someone's describing it to you what it would look like and and truly understand it until you really get your hands on it and use it you know so i think uh after giving you know putting the pilot pilot out there for a few counties um you'll get some you know we've gotten some good feedback mm-hmm. on, on from many on that any big mistakes that that, that you you were like oh no we never we never thought about that i mean was that was that kind of dry run through some of those test counties right. um was that you know, I think a lot very of it, helpful for you guys. Yes, it was yeah. helpful um, when we picked those uh, those pilot counties. We were trying to get some representation from different parts of the state. Mm-hmm. Um, we were trying to find different. Uh, each county has different capabilities. Some Correct. have full time staff that that help with parcel information, tax parcels, and some farm that out to to other vendors. Right. And so we wanted to get an idea of the of the difficulty for them to manage that. How sure. how current is their information? Um, so a little, there's some, definitely some challenges with that. And I think that's the other good thing with the study here is, is that we can, we can continue to look at those, any issues, if we need to change things, uh, in the subsequent session, we can, we can certainly do that. So I think that'll be a great tool set to have. Well, keep the group together. That's been yeah. working pretty hard to make this a success. I, I certainly commend you. Um, it uh, it started off as as a very contentious issue. And policy oftentimes functions like business, and you don't get everything you want. Right. You, you maybe have to to give some to 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 get some of what you want. But at the end of the day, it, it sounds like you guys have put a ton of work in providing another tool for, for landowners who, who right. we at, at, at NDFB represent, which just happen to be outdoorsmen and hunters and fishers. And you know what? It may be a whole lot easier to find that landowner online than it might be to find a sign by boat. 
Um, right. <laughs> so congratulations on all your hard work. I imagine there's been many agencies involved with this and just can't say thank you enough. And, and hopefully this provides just a, a, another tool to strengthen those landowner and outdoorsman relations. And we continue to do a great job here in North Dakota as we've always right. done. Thank you for being a part of that. Thank you for spending the time with us today. And you have to run back up to the <laughs> Capitol because they, they have actually a committee hearing, I, I believe at four, o'clock, yeah. at four o'clock. So appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for the, thanks for the time and the to do this. But. You know, hopefully people get a chance to to check it out. And if they do have any questions, who do, who do they need to be contacting? So we'll make resources available at gf.ne.gov. Um, we'll have a lot of information out there for, um, you know, again, frequently asked questions or if there's any contact information for folks who can help out. So. Great. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Seth. Have a safe trip. Take care. Have Thank you. This is your host, Seth Essenson, and please stick around for Pete's one-minute pause and his weekly legislative update, followed by my co-host, Emery's interview with Senator Erbily and the charge that he has led over the past couple sessions to bring about some changes in outdoor-slash-landowner relations. It's been said, if humans were angels, we'd need no laws. It could also be said, if legislators were angels, we'd need no lobbyists. I say that because sometimes lobbyists remind legislators that there might be more than two sides to every story. Occasionally, legislators get so committed to an idea that they're reluctant to believe that the citizens of our state might disagree with their perspective. A legislator's commitment to an idea might be well-founded, or it might be that that person is only focused on self-interest. Either way, Oftentimes, a lobbyist or the groups that they represent provide balance in the discussion and remind folks which side agrees or disagrees with the topic at hand. One of our roles as NDFB lobbyists is to remind legislators that we represent 28,000 members, and in rural North Dakota, the voices of our membership deserve to be heard. This has been Pete's One Minute Pause. Hello, this is Emery Melhoff, your North Dakota Farm Bureau Public Policy Liaison, and I am sitting here with Senator Bob Erbily. Bob Erbily is from District 28 and from the town of Lair. Could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, Senator Erbily? Well, I farm and ranch in the Lair community, 15 miles north of Lair, and uh, have raised four sons there. I'm on the ranch that my grandpa homesteaded way back uh, six months before North Dakota became a state in 1889 and ran for the legislature in the year 2000 and have been serving there ever since. I uh, have a large district that runs from the edge of Bismarck all the way down to Allendale. So i um, been enjoying the work and representing rural North Dakota. That's awesome. Well, it's really nice to have you here today. Good uh, to be here. Thank you. We're here to talk a little bit about posting North Dakota Farm Bureau and most of the egg groups around the state have policy that says that land should be all considered posted. But in, in North Dakota, unlike most states, we do not have a law that uh, basically says that all land is posted. It says that land is open and, and it's the responsibility of the landowner to post it. You and many of your colleagues have been working for several years to introduce legislation to address that policy. Is that correct? Yes, it's, I guess, been more than several years. <laughs> I, I think it's it's more than 30-plus uh, years. Oh, but wow. of, of the 20 years that I've been there, uh, there's been a bill addressing property rights issues mm-hmm. uh, every session, uh, except for one that I can remember. And in the past, I was either co-sponsor or sponsor on, on most of the bills that have 
come forward in that time. And and as you mentioned, just about well, all of the farm organizations that I'm familiar with and, and the ranch organization, North Dakota Stockman's Farmers Union, uh, the grain growers, um, yourself here at Farm Bureau, they've always been strong advocates for property rights and uh, and just felt that, you know, shouldn't have to have a law that says you have to stay off, that that should be an automatic. But, uh, you know, the sportsmen have had made their strong commitment to saying, well, this is our heritage and didn't want it changed. And uh, as it went on, um, we were never successful in getting any bill passed. It always lost in the in the chamber of introduction. But uh, the last session, we, we had one that survived the whole session, but uh, in the end just wound up getting a steady attached to. But it's that steady that really brought us to where we are today that uh, we're looking at some successes. So that study basically was a was a mandatory study that during the interim, so during the between session years, a group of legislators, a group of landowners, a group of uh, interested sportsmen, all those interested stakeholders would come together and try to find a, a compromise. Is that right? That's right. Uh, you know, in the, in the last session, um, did a little figuring back on on the time that w- and energy that went into the bill. We had spent over thirty six hours in committee hearings in hmm. one form or another. That's crazy. We we did wind up with the study, and and the great thing about the study was that we put landowner representatives and sportsman representatives on the committee hmm. uh, that had voting rights, and and that was huge. And as we began the study, we laid it on the table. We said, look, we we've had thirty six hours of having the argument of who's right, and we need to bring closure to this and say what's right, what's right for both of us. And uh, I cannot say enough about the quality of the people that uh, the landowner representatives uh, placed on the committee as well as the sportsmen. They came together in a very uh, collaborative means and and, uh, focused on a solution, not trying to convince the other side of who's right. And uh, it was very rewarding to be a part of that system. That's really exciting. Uh, I heard a comment in the halls in the last couple of days from a from a senator that he saw a look of of surprise or or at least acknowledgement in the eyes of a sportsman who when a when a producer out west said to him, "Hey, look, you know it takes me a four wheeler, a horse, and a boat to be able to legally post all of my land." And the sportsman was was really surprised by that, and so. Um, it, it really seems like it was a good good opportunity for yeah. both sides to come together and visit about it. And another thing that, that came out of that conversation, sportsmen also then began to realize that it wasn't just hunting that the landowners were concerned about. I mean, uh, as a landowner, you know when it's hunting season, when you see somebody out on your property, you know, they're going to be wearing orange and you you know the time of the year and, and what's going on. But for the rest of the year, if there's someone on a, on the landowner's property, they have no idea who it is. And mm-hmm. it was those protections that, that were important to it. And I think the sportsmen began to realize that, yeah, it just isn't our season here that the landowners are concerned about. That brought us to looking at some compromises and not everybody got everything they wanted, and uh, but everybody got something. So starting out this session, there were four pieces of legislation um, that came out of that study. Is that right? Actually, only three. Okay. Um, uh, one was to make electronic posting penalties equal to physical posting. 
and we haven't really talked much about electronic posting, but that's one of the, the things that came out of the study. We ran a pilot project for, for electronic posting, which it's an exciting program. It's, it's one that works very well. That's a, I'm really glad you brought that up. Maybe we could talk a little bit about that pilot program. I myself don't know much about how it worked. Well, that, that was one of the, the charges of the study to establish a pilot program for electronic posting because one of the, as you had mentioned, the, the effort that, that Rancher Out West had with posting his land, that, that has been one of the greatest concerns, the time and the effort and the cost hmm. that it takes to post. And, and so that's, that's where the, one of the big pushes for, for landowners on wanting the land to be closed up uh, just because of that effort. With today's technology, uh, that Steady was charged with establishing a pilot program for electronic posting. And so, Three counties were selected, and, and they would have been uh, Ramsey, which is in the central part of the state, Richland down in the southeast corner, and then Slope out in the western part of the state uh, kind of give us a, a balance of the state. And counties have different data systems. And the way the electronic posting works, it was housed or hosted through the Game and Fish Department. And the way it works, if if you have already bought a license, you're you're in their database, or you can create your own login ID and and be able to post your land. You you log into the Game and Fish website, follow the links down to the land parcels, and from there they have taken information from our tax departments mm-hmm. because we all 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 counties have now been updated on their GIS or geographical information system, so that data is out there and it's available. So you just type in your tax ID number or your particular section or track number if you want, but your your tax ID number is the simplest because when you type that in, all your land comes up and then you have a checkbox. You can check individual tracks or you can, there's a box that says select all. So when you, you do that, the select all button, all your land is posted. Hmm. And then that that goes out, and uh, Game and Fish then is able to put that out on the maps. There's several different mapping applications. You can download them and have it there out in the field, or you can you can tap into that live if you're out there if you got cell connection. But if you don't, you can still download ahead of time to know what tracks are available to you, and it will also be in print form. Um, it's part of their plots. Mm-hmm. map program. So for the landowner, if you can post your land now faster and it'll take you to find your staple gun. <laughs> On the other side, then the hunter doesn't need to drive around and, yeah. and figure out who's owning what. He can yeah. look at the track. His phone will tell him where he's at and bring that up in your phone. Uh, the, the landowner's name and contact information is there. If it is posted, you can give them a call and maybe you'll get on, uh, but at least you know what's available. So basically, then we had the we had the pilot project for the three counties. Yes, we were talking about the three bills, and so uh, we got off explaining the electronic posting. So we, we got really good participation in those counties, but they, they knew that uh, by posting it electronically, there was no penalties associated with it, so, so it really hmm. didn't have any teeth. Once we saw the success of it, we had a bill that says now that electronic posting penalties and violations of electronic posting will be equal to to the penalties for physical posting. Okay. And then just to make sure that as we roll this this feature out to all the counties, we had another bill that says we're going to continue the study so that we hold this interim group together mm-hmm. uh, of the landowners and um, sportsmen, and we had five legislators on the committee. And uh, we'll keep that going 
forward into this next interim just to to monitor and make sure that we can quickly address any issues that should arise from it. And I and I might add that in addition to the voting members, uh, a very um, good advisory committee put together that's sat in on every meeting. Hmm. Well, and it's especially exciting to see as this legislation moves forward that some of the concerns um, should be assuaged with the sportsmen and and be able to see that hey this land being posted isn't isn't a big deal we're just working on building relationships between the sportsmen and the farmer and the rancher and the landowner and and that's what we've always heard even even back through the contentious times of it you know farmers and ranchers saying we're not opposed to hunters yeah. you know we, we just want to know we want that relationship and, and sportsmen the ninety nine percent of them wanted the same thing it it, it was always uh, the slob hunter and created the the issues, you know, and and it might be harsh using the word slob, but uh, <laughs> there are are those that just don't have that respect that that landowners needed to have. So, if somebody is violating land that's posted, whether physically or electronically, if they're in violation and they're and they're infringing on somebody's private property rights, there's consequences out there. There are, there are, and and actually, the sportsmen have always advocated for stronger penalties because they want it to be a a, a clean system and yeah. they want it to be strong because the the good ones want to know that that they're respected too, and so they've they've always advocated for stronger penalties than what we have. Uh, we'll circle back. We talked about three bills: uh, the the steady, the electronic posting, but the third bill then was to try to give the landowners a little bit more in terms of calling fenced land closed mm. all fence land and and the bill that came out of out of the interim uh, we we ran up against COVID and couldn't meet in person the way we wanted to and didn't get it really finished before we uh, got up to legislative management time there in November. So we we had a bill that was kind of a placeholder. But in the in the meantime, in that time from November until we came together in January, our citizen members got together and said, "Let's not have any fights." during the session and let's work this out they came up with the solution of defining a fence and that calling all fence closed except to lawful hunters and anglers so that means that if it's fence property it's now considered closed which hmm. those landowners have always wanted right but it gives that exception to the lawful hunter and angler so if, if it's a hunting season and you've got a hunting license and you come up onto some fenced ground it's not electronically posted or physically posted you can then safely enter that that land without fear of penalty as a hunter but the the idea of the fence was always you know a fence is there for a purpose it's it's there mm -hmm. to protect something to keep either someone from coming in or something from getting out so that takes a good portion of the state is getting what they they wanted in, in having the property closed and, and addresses that concern. Then the situation of the DAPL protests a couple of years back and stuff, it takes away that, that need for the signage, you know, because yeah. down there it was a lot of fenced land that they were entering on and they were tearing down the signs and they weren't being prosecuted because it wasn't signed properly and all mm -hmm. that. And, you know, you couldn't prove that the sign was torn down or whatever. But, but now... If that situation happens again and it's fence ground, um, that argument won't hold up. So if a sportsman comes along a fence and it's not posted and it's not posted online, he can go and hunt in that area. But if a, if a trespasser, if somebody who's just like in the situation of the dapple, if it's a protester or if it's just an individual that's up to no good and they come <laughs> across a fence and they crawl across it, they can be prosecuted? They could be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is there any other states 
that have a similar online posting component, or is North Dakota the first one? We've researched that, uh, you know, going uh, into the last session, and I think we're the the forerunners of this one. Okay. Do you see that will eventually reach a point where all land is considered posted? I think we need to see how this this works and how the adaptation and how people adapt to electronic posting. I I think we'll need to give that a a few years to work. We spent 30 years getting to where we are. Uh, You know, if we give this another five to 10 (laughs) to to work, uh, you know, at at least we're moving in a a good direction. Um, I guess, you know, the thing that was great about this session, we didn't have... 700 emails loading up our, yeah. our boxes. Okay. We didn't have 150 to 200 people lining our hallways and, uh, and just the tension and, and, uh, and the anger. Uh, you know, it was creating such a chasm amongst good people within the state of North Dakota, good people on both sides of the issue, but, you know, just real strong in their conviction. And that interim committee took that away from it because, well, for example, we had someone representing North Dakota Stockman and then someone from North Dakota Grain Growers, which, of course, Farm mm-hmm. Farm Bureau and, and Farmers Unions all had had a hand in selecting yep. those landowners. But then they they were charged with communicating back to their constituents mm-hmm. and to their organizations what was happening during the interim. The sportsmen had the same thing. We had an individuals from the North Dakota Wildlife Federation and then another individual from the eastern part of the state who was involved in numerous uh, sporting clubs. And uh, and so they had their organizations, their their constituencies that, that they were answerable to. It wasn't all of these organizations trying to second guess the legislature. Well, now what are they going, mm-hmm. trying to do to us? Uh, right. They were informed and they knew. So when we came to into this session, that tension and all of those those emails uh, advocating for one side or the other wasn't there, and so that that made our work go very well. That's awesome. Well, Senator Herbley, really appreciate all of the work that you have done on this legislation and. Um, Well, I guess for the past 20 years, just really fighting for the rancher and the farmer and the landowner and their private property rights. Um, Really excited to see the result and the implementation. It'll be fun to see how how it plays out. There's going to be people on the margins on each side that aren't in favor of it either way. But like I said, everybody got something, but nobody got everything. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again for visiting with me today. And uh, looks like we got a little bit of rain and hopefully it keeps coming. So Absolutely. Yeah. We we need it. We do. Sportsmen and landowners alike need it. <laughs> Everybody needs it. Everybody so. needs it. All right. Well, thank you, Senator Irving. Thank you. Thank you all for joining us. This is Straight Talk with NDFB. 